What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome again to another Jeff and Josh podcast. This week we are talking about the Arizona Fall League hot sheet, just like we did during the regular season with the regular season hot sheet. But for all intents and purposes, the only real prospect-laden leagues going on right now is the Arizona Fall League. There's some prospects playing out in the Dominican and Venezuela. Ellie De La Cruz is playing right now. There was a no-hitter in one of those leagues I saw earlier uh, with yeah. Yaya Shentoff. Shentoff from, I butchered that, but yeah, from the Tigers, he was, he was involved. Um, but really, for all intents and purposes, it is the Fall League show until uh, the championship game about a month from now. So we will talk about the 10 hottest players from the second week of the season, which concluded on Saturday when, through the magic of foresight, the Fall League played all three of its games at domed-up Chase Field during the very rare and very heavy Arizona thunderstorm. So they, there were no real delays except for a traffic delay I heard about. The, one of the team's buses uh, got was a little late getting to the stadium because, as you can imagine, people are not that used to driving in torrential rain in Arizona. But, you know, in a non-dome situation, none of the three games would have gotten played. And in any case, there were 10 really hot uh, prospects, all hitters I picked last week uh, from the Fall League, uh, starting with a resurgent Twins prospect, Austin Martin, who in my time there, I spent two weeks there at the Fall League fortnight. Martin looked really interesting. Like he, what really stuck out to me was he was super aggressive at the plate uh, in a good way. Like we know he knows the strike zone. We know he can draw walks. The key for him is going to be hitting and hitting with impact. Uh, the first game, the one game I wrote about him, he ambushed a 93 mile an hour fastball and hit it out to left center field at Salt River Fields. And overall, he's been making line drive contact for the two weeks that I've there that I've been there for the two weeks that was going on. And he's among the fall league leaders right now in a lot of categories. But to go back to the aggressive part. He swung that night. He swung at the first seven pitches he faced. And I believe he had three or four hits that night. 
which was his third or fourth game of three plus hits in a row, you know, really, which really, you know, opened a lot of eyes to people who hadn't seen him succeed in a big way uh, so far as a professional. He got traded from the Blue Jays to the Tigers, the Tigers, the Twins in the Jose Barrios deal, uh, along with Simeon Woods Richardson. And this past year, you know, dealt with a wrist injury, but otherwise kind of, and probably as cause and effect type situation, didn't show a whole lot of power, um, which he really needs to have because he's, he has a lot of defensive questions. Jeff, what have you, what are your impressions of Austin Martin? Yeah, you know, I'm going to be out there about a week from uh, this upcoming Tuesday. So about a couple of weeks now, I guess exactly two weeks from today uh, when we're recording this. So, you know, I'll get my own firsthand looks uh, at Martin. But just from, you know, taking a look at the numbers, some of the video that I've seen talking to some folks that are out there, uh, I think he hit the nail right on the head in terms of this is a guy that's finally sort of tacking a little bit more. and. We see this often with guys that have this approach. We know that they have bats of ball skills, um, but there's just almost um, a, 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 a pushback on, on sort of attacking at, at any point in time, just a, a natural aversion to it. And if he's fighting, finally sort of fighting those urges of just sort of being passive and is attacking on strikes and pitches in the zone and is getting good uh, uh, contacts, and high contact quality, which the numbers at this point pretty much do back it. Um, you know, not outstanding data, but, you know, he's still not chasing. Uh, he's still making contact at a good rate, um, but, you know, he's hitting balls at much steeper launch angles than I had seen from him previously. He's hitting uh, more uh, balls, 95 plus miles per hour. Uh, and ultimately, you know, if he's able to, um, he's also swinging more than 50% of the time, which is very unusual for Martin. Is he, if he's able to marry those skills with even sort of fringe average impact, this is a guy that could be, you know, a very good top of the order sort of table setter for a whole bunch of years. Um, now, where he ends up defensively, you can probably tell me. I have not seen Austin Martin in person play defense uh, in over a year. I saw him when he was up here in New Hampshire prior to the trade. I really haven't seen much of him since. So you can maybe inform me on that, but I think this is a great sign. And we often see this with the fall league guys have a difficult year. They may be dealing with injuries or some other things that we don't know about. They come here. It's a great environment to hit because of maybe the poor quality of pitching, but also the offensive environments, you know, and all that. And they get rolling. Um, you know, I think JJ Blade had a really bad year. Not that he had a tremendous year this year, but I think there was progression. And I think he probably built off of that. Royce Lewis also, you know, prior to some injuries, but, you know, prior to um, sort of his breakout, the last time we had seen him was Royce, you know, Royce Lewis had a really good fall league. So it can be a place where, you know, fallen prospects can recapture their stock. And, you know, these are people, they go through things. And I think we sometimes dismiss how difficult. 2020 and the following season was for some of these guys uh, that were draftees that year because they, they missed a lot of baseball. Yeah, and and for reference here, uh, Martin right now, as of this very minute, is four points shy of the league lead in batting average, 474. He is trailing White Sox prospect Moises Castillo. His on base is fourth in the league at 543 behind Zach Veen, Logan Wyatt, Mason Wynn, 
and that's it. Uh, Logan White is interesting because that's a guy I think of too when I think of guys who really need to be more aggressive. Uh, they have bad to ball skills. We know they understand the strike zone probably better than a lot of umpires, although not so much better than the old uh, Hawkeye umpire. But if he, you know, I know the Giants spent years trying to make him swing more often and wasn't doing it. And the quality of contact wasn't great when he did. So maybe that's kind of a, an interesting pair of players right there. And you are correct. It is a hitter's atmosphere. Although I will say it always galls me when I look at Scottsdale Stadium and I see it's 430 to dead central, which is like, what? You don't see that, that kind of numbers anywhere. But you combine the climate with mm, subpar pitching, if we're being generous. I mean, I think I went five straight days, four or five straight days, seeing a starter get knocked out of the first. So that's the kind of pitching we're dealing with down there. So you have to be really cautious about how much stock you put into fall league rebounds or busts or performances by any type of prospect. Uh, in any case, you know, Martin was, I think, at least the way I ranked him, the best uh, of the second week of the fall league. But there were nine other guys behind there. And one of them was another guy who needed a rebound, not for anything he did wrong, but just he missed a lot of time. And that's Heston Kierstad, who is through two weeks is one of the best hitters in the league. He's tied for the league lead in home runs uh, with, with Matt Mervis, uh, the slugger who hit, I think, 36 home runs this year and led the minor leagues in extra base hits. But both of those guys have four home runs in the fall league. And he through his performance the last two weeks, you know, it's simply about getting on the field with him at times uh, just to make up for the, the lost years due to the pandemic and myocarditis and other various injuries. But he is a, <clears throat> another feather in the Orioles cap, as it were, uh, to what is looking like a very strong system, very well-balanced system and very talented system to buttress the core they are building up in Baltimore with, Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, yeah, Gunnar Henderson and Cedric Mullins and Austin Hayes and Anthony Santander and all those guys up there. Uh, there's Castle. Yeah, Ryan Mountcastle. There's there's uh there's a lot more coming. And even if those guys don't go to Baltimore, they could be used in trades to acquire all sorts of different pieces to give the American League East another beast uh, in years to come. So I think we probably talked about him before, but let's refresh. What are your thoughts on Heston Kierstad, the former Arkansas Razorback? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, um, camp is sort of mixed on him, but, I, but personally, I, I'm a big fan. Um, you know, one of the things we're, we're talking some AL East prospects behind the scenes right now, and he's one of these guys where he's sort of just a victim of circumstances sometimes in terms of where he's ranked in that system. Cause in a lot of these other systems, he'd be a top five guy. Uh, but you know, the Orioles have just such a tremendous depth of talent. And the funny thing is it almost feels like they have this replacement top five or top 10 or whatever you want to say right behind him. that they have that much talent right now that they're sort of bursting at the seams. I think Kerstad has a really unique combination of, power you know sort of plus raw power really innate ability to attack the ball at optimal angles so sort of that launch angle thing he gets 
great launch angles at a variety of areas throughout the zone. Um, he's a fairly high contact hitter and he's a high zone contact guy. I can remember at the time talking to some folks with the Orioles uh, after they had made the pick before he had joined baseball America. And one of the things they had said to me was, you know, Jeff, this guy had a higher zone contact rate than Spencer Torkelson in college. And he did it in the SEC. And, you know, like I had never really thought about that, but I think sometimes, you know, the approach with Kerstad, which has settled down a lot and settled down a lot as last year at Arkansas, um, and his contact kind of gets a little undersold. He is, he is a really good contact hitter. Now, I don't know, um, you know, how he's going to necessarily be viewed as a defender. I haven't seen him play any defense, you know, in a while. I've been on video, you know, watching that throughout the year. But you have to be encouraged if you're Kerstad just from the production that he got uh, he went to Aberdeen, which is an incredibly difficult place to hit and you know, struggled a little bit, comes out to the fall league and has been one of the best players out there. And as you mentioned, you know, for all of his off the field battles, which were no fault of his own, just sort of bad luck. And he's in good health and he's playing really well. And just another potential everyday guy uh, in this Orioles system. Yeah. While we were talking, I've spent most of my last two days doing two things, writing uh, Marlins and Yankees top tens and cutting fall league video. And when I say I have between five and 600 gigs of open swings, I am not kidding. Uh, right now, I have 17 minutes or so straight of open swings that I uh, have finished, which is a lot. When you think about how an average game usually buffers down to about 45 seconds to a minute or two uh, per side, which is both uh, depressing and amazing uh, <laughs> when you think about it. But I'm just watching his swing from the the open side. It's it's such an interesting move. Like he he has the leg kick and then he kind of balances and maybe even leans back a little bit. Like you know, like he's Fat Joe in the early 2000s, and then kind of whips the bat through there pretty level. And I, I feel like it takes a lot of coordination and athleticism to pull off that move consistently and hit for the average and, and on base that he does. It's just such a fascinating pass to watch from that side. I don't know. I mean, I don't think you've seen that before, but um, that's just my thoughts looking at him. And it's, again, not a scout, not a scout, not a scout, but it's really interesting when you watch him for 10 or 11 swings in a row, to just kind of see the move he does and the, the numbers he produces with it. Yeah. That's, that's two uh, of the top hitters in the past week. Right now we're going to take a break and insert an ad, which you will hear right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. If you need to hire, you need indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about using Indeed is how it does a lot of that organizational work for me. I can sort through candidates. I can respond to them. I can schedule interviews all through Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses, including Baseball America, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And we're back. And the next spot we're going to on this list is number six, and that's Dodgers outfielder Andy Pajes, who I was there for the game he hit two home runs in, and boy, did he hit those two home runs. Uh, They were loud, and they were long, and they were authoritative. He's got some real powerful aspects to his game, not only at the plate, but his throwing arm is, you know, uh, near elite uh, from the outfield. So he's, he's a really interesting player, but the, the one he hit off of Tink Hens went probably about 420, and I think it went about 105 off the bat. And even I was crouched uh, right in front of the net to try to get slow-mo of Tink Hens because you only get one inning of him at a time, and you want to get some cool slow-mo. And boy, was that thing absolutely just detonated i think is the word i used it was like a bomb went off i think my ears are still ringing from the contact andy pajes made against tink hence it's not the it's not a guy who is going to sell any jeans anytime soon with his body but he's got power at the plate he's got on base skills and he's got a throwing arm and that's a really good recipe for a classic right fielder and kind of rule of thumb at this point is if the Dodgers like you, or if you're a Dodgers prospect, you're probably pretty good. What say you, Jeff, about young Andy Pajes? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the big thing that he's shown there is he's made a tremendous amount of contact, uh, you know, over the course of, I think he's had, what, like 34 plate appearances, big, big power, um, you know, the approach at times, overly aggressive, but yeah, I mean, you know, the 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 makings, the ingredients of you know a, a middle of the order sort of masher are there. It's just a matter of him sort of refining his hit tool a little bit more. Um, but I think you know he's got the foundational skills that that could happen. It's not like you know he has to make some sort of tremendous jump in contact or approach to really get there. Um, so you know, small changes. He's still very young, uh, and there's just huge power, and you can't teach that. 
No, you cannot. And he's, you know, again, the Dodger system is stupid. Uh, even on the, I, I went to a couple instructional league games. The last day of instructs was Dodgers versus Brewers. And I got a cool matchup of Jacob Mizierowski with the Brewers versus Justin Robleski with the Dodgers. But at one point, one of the scouts in the scouting section, scouting section, the behind the home plate area of the backfields, you know, kind of mentioned that like the Dodgers, their lineup doesn't let up. Even in the instruction league, it just doesn't let up. You have to pay attention to every guy because every guy might be a guy. And I'm sitting here, I went to unhook one of my open side cameras, later innings, last pitchers coming in for the Brewers. And I can hear the coaching staff in there like reading advance reports or uh, scouting reports on that pitcher to their hitters in the last like inning of instruction league and what turned out to be a tie. Like that's the level of detail we're talking here. Just like, okay, we're ready. We're facing this guy. You've probably faced him a bunch of times before because it's instructional league and so many, only so many teams play anymore, but here's what he throws. Let's try to win. And that kind of, I don't know if that's commonplace, but that blew me away that level of detail on the backfields in a game that really doesn't matter at all. It's just, you know, get some guys some more reps. But that's a digression. The point is, Dodgers system, still stupid good. Dodgers big league team, still stupid good, despite the uh, outcome in the playoffs. I'm sure you, uh, you would agree with me there, Jeff. Uh, but we will move to a player who is much different than Andy Pajes, and that's the Rays. <laughs> Mason Auer, who is, you know, it's between him and I would say Johan Rojas of the Phillies for the best defensive outfielder in the fall league. I think Rojas probably gets the slight edge. He made some highlight reel plays out there, including a catch that one scout said maybe the best he'd ever seen in scouting. I, I missed it, unfortunately, but I I've heard tell of the legend of the Johan Rojas dive into the right center field alleyway. Um, mm. But we're talking about Mason Auer, who led the minor leagues in triples this year, was one of the guys I wrote up as a sleeper prospect uh, to watch in the fall league so far. Some of those are looking good. Some of them aren't. C'est la vie. That's the, uh, the world of prospecting and sleeper uh, finding. But he is kind of playing to the scouting report of a guy who – can really spray the ball around and run like the Dickens and play the heck out of center field and just kind of be a guy who causes havoc at the bottom or top of a lineup. And kind of what like we mentioned with the Dodgers, if you've got rays across your chest, you're usually some kind of prospect. There's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, duds walking around the Tampa Bay system. There's a reason those guys win a whole bunch of championships every year in the minors. Um, their system is silly good, even if it's not as good as it was when, you know, Wander Franco was still a prospect and guys of his ilk, but still pretty darn good. And one of the best in baseball, Jeff, what do you think about Mason Auer? He's a, you know, an excellent athlete. Um, you know, another really quality find by, uh, by the Rays, right? I think as you said that, you know, um, just a, a system that consistently identifies players outside of even like the top two rounds, whether it's in the international market uh, or in round five, like they did with our, 
um, you know, went to a highly touted or highly prestigious JUCO, you know, went to San Jack uh, in Texas. So he was somewhat of a known guy, but, you know, you look at his all around athleticism, ability, speed, defensive ability, contact, or some on base ability as well. And power, you know, he adds even a little bit more strength in the coming years as his body matures. Cause he's still only 21. He's one of the younger guys, I'm sure in the fall league this year, you know, that, that's a guy that, you know, if he gets to above average power, he could be a really interesting player. Um, almost in the mold of maybe like an AJ Pollock uh, in his prime or someone along uh, uh, those lines. Yeah. He's, he is that type of player that there's still some holes to close there's, and that's, you know, not unexpected. He is a minor leaguer. If there weren't holes to close, he'd be a big leaguer. Now there is no truth to the rumor that I'm only pumping him up because if he were not drafted, he would have gone to the university of Oregon uh, where this fair podcaster also is an alum. Uh, actually, I didn't even know that until I was doing some research on him just before I went to go talk to him. And I was like, oh, he could have been at PK Park. That would have been pretty cool. All right, well, you know, let's go. I think he made the right choice anyway. He's, he's a professional now. He's in a good system with good coaches and he's showing excellent results. And you talked about it. Like they've found some really interesting guys. Uh, Joe Ryan comes to mind. Obviously he's with the twins now, but to go down in the Cal State Stanislaus and pick him up and develop him into what he became and then use him as a way to get, I believe it was Nelson Cruz out of the Twins. That's a pretty good little return on your investment right there. Um, I think that wraps it, just about wraps it up for the week. There's four more weeks of Folly. We've had some games today. I know Nick Gonzalez homered already today. Another AFL sleeper. Uh, Alec Jacob, the tricky, tricky, tricky Padres reliever who, you know, doesn't exactly uh, light up a radar gun. Um, he's been carving out there with a nasty changeup and a nasty slider and a Nestor Cortez-esque array of funky deliveries. Uh, another Pacific Northwest guy from Gonzaga. Uh, but he was on our sleepers list too and is doing pretty well. And there's still plenty of fun guys to watch out there, you know. Jordan Walker is still out there. Zach Veen is really is out there trying to, you know, re, rebound a little bit from a rough go at double A. Mason Wynn is out there. He's fun. Although I feel like every time I saw him, he was DHing, which is, that's just rude. Like, why are we, I, I understand Jordan Lawler's also save the arm, man. Jordan Lawler's also on that team, but come on. People came for a show. The, the hundreds and hundreds of people came for a show at these, at these fall league games. Um, there's he's still out there. Um, Mason Miller, if you want to see a guy throw 102 miles an hour, he's out there, and I think that's pretty cool. Matt Mervis with the Cubs, uh, he like Andy Pajes when he hits them, they stay hit. Um, he's got four bombs out there. Um, Zach Geloff with the A's, been doing pretty he's he had two home runs in a game the other day. Actually, Mervis and Geloff hit two home runs apiece in the same game. It was a nice night for Mesa. I believe they won 20 to four. So it was a very nice night for Mesa. Um, and, you know, just beyond the prospects, you can't really do much better than the parks they play in. I mean, Sloan Park is amazing. Surprise is really fun. Scottsdale is great. Salt River is one of the jewels of the Fall League and Arizona in general. 
I like Peoria too. I like them all. You know, I, I've said it a thousand times. If, if I had unlimited money, I'd be down there all six weeks. Um, just going two games a day, every day, and uh, just generally living my best life. So, uh, Jeff, I, I don't know about you, but I think it's time for us to go back into handbook mode uh, and maybe playoff watching mode. And uh, generally, we're, we've turned the page into book season here at Baseball America. Although I do know, and I will preview this here, uh, you have a, a couple articles coming out, a number of breakout hitters from the minor leagues, and I'm sure you have pitchers coming because you are the yeah. whisperer. I did pitchers actually uh, on Friday. Um, so that's, on, that's up on the site. Um, released what on Friday. You were, you were flying back. It's all right, man. You're coming back from Arizona. You know, you, you were enjoying your last bits of grill, et cetera, things that you do uh, as <laughs> I think, a bear. By the way, but, for, the, for, the, for the diehard listeners, I think the number is 12 meals of grill in 14 and 13 nights. So yeah, you get that Mongolian grill in, man. You know, that round grill. Let's go. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then I have uh, I have 25 breakout hitters I'm going to be dropping uh, on Thursday. And I'll have some other things I'm working on for next week. But yeah, just uh, plugging along on on the handbook and our top tens, soon to be top thirties, putting together all that stuff. It's my first full run through the handbook. I came in halfway through last year, so uh, I'm excited because I got my own chapters this year. So let's go. Yeah, he's tell the people who you have. Yeah, I have the Blue Jays for the East. Uh, I have St. Louis Cardinals for the Central and the Rockies out West. So one of each. And I have four teams. I've got the Yankees. I've got the Marlins. I've submitted the Marlins yesterday. By the time you hear this, I will be feverishly writing the Yankees and I hope to start and finish them in one day. Um, not that the, the research hasn't been done, but the, the writing has not been. Um, then I have, I have no Central Division teams. And then uh, I have the Giants and I have the Rangers. Uh, so it's um, got about 100 more prospects to write. Uh, and book goes to press in roughly two months. So let's uh, st- stretch out those calves because this is going to be a marathon. <laughs> anyway, oh. for, uh, for Jeff in the Northeast, I'm Josh in the South, I guess. Uh, Mid-Atlantic. The Mid-Atlantic South, land of really good barbecue. Saying goodbye and enjoy the postseason. And thanks for the download. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.